Welcome to another message from Columbus First Assembly. Thanks for listening as we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God. Our hope is that you're encouraged by today's message. Well, good morning again. I didn't introduce myself earlier. I'm Pastor Rick. That was my wife, Sherry, and we are delighted to be able to share with you today. Again, if you are a guest in the building, welcome. If this is your first time online, welcome to you also. At the beginning of 2021, there was a theme that I felt I needed to communicate, and that theme is this, make the choice to rejoice. Make the choice to rejoice. And specifically, I tried to communicate that happiness and joy are feelings that we may have, but rejoicing is a choice, and it's a choice that the Lord wants each of us to make. And I'm not sure who I'm going to be talking to today, but I'm going to be talking to several, I am just certain of it, that there's been some things that you've been experiencing in your life that if you will take what I am going to be teaching today and apply it, something is going to begin to break. Um, virtually every week during the prayer time, we read a, a verse about rejoicing, and so today I'm going to teach on this theme. The title this morning, and uh, hopefully you picked up a note sheet. If not, they are on the back table. I'd encourage you to do it because I have some things in there that I think are important, but if, if not, just follow along. The title this morning is, I Rejoice in My Affliction. I Rejoice in My Affliction, and you think, well, that's an odd thing to rejoice in, to rejoice in affliction. But you're going to see what the Word of God has to say regarding this, and actually, this is not an odd thing. It is something God desires us to do. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, it says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. And then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Now, going back to Philippians, it says rejoice in the Lord when? Always. You got up today and it hurt. Something hurt. Is that part of always? Yes. That means that this morning, hurting, you should have rejoiced in the Lord. This morning you got up and it was just a great day. The sun was shining and everything was going well for you. Should this be a day that you rejoice? Yes, it fits under always. Rejoice in the Lord always. And then he reemphasizes, he says, I'll say it again, rejoice. Rejoice is a command of the New Testament. And then in 1 Thessalonians, once again, rejoice always, pray without ceasing in Everything. Everything is everything. The Greek for everything is everything. That means in whatever circumstance you're walking through right now, maybe it's going great, maybe it's going terrible. Maybe you've had the worst week of your life. Everything has gone wrong with something breaking down, somebody uh, you know, that you thought you were uh, going to be in a relationship with, called you and said, no way, maybe it's not going well on the job. In everything, give thanks. And now understand this, for this is the will of God 
Some people say, I wonder what God's will is for my life. Well, here it is. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Last week, I did a message on the value of affliction. How affliction comes into our lives and how affliction can be valuable. And here were the three key verses from last week. The 67th verse of the 119th Psalm, verse 67, 68 says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. So the psalmist was indicating that before he was afflicted, before negative circumstances came into his life, he was going astray. But through affliction, he came back to obedience to God's word. And then he confesses, for you are good and do. And what you do is good. Affliction from God is good. And he works it in our life for good. The 71st verse says, um, it was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your degrees. Verse 75 says, I know, Lord, that your laws are righteous, and in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Now, I'm going to make a statement, not going to come up on the screen. Listen to this statement. Now, I'm going to ask you to pray something before I make the statement. Would you just pray? Holy Spirit. Let's try it again. I'm sorry. I wanted you to pray out loud. Say, Holy Spirit, teach me what I need to know from this message today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, here's a statement. You need to know this. Hopefully, the Holy Spirit will show you. It is very likely that you will not experience the value of affliction if you don't embrace it, rejoice in it, and give thanks in it. The affliction that God wants to work into your life and the value of that affliction, if you don't embrace the affliction, rejoice in the affliction, and give thanks in it, it is very likely that you will not experience the value and the benefit of affliction. Colossians chapter 1, verse 24 says this. This is the Apostle Paul. Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. What is Paul rejoicing in? His suffering. What is Paul rejoicing in? The fact that the afflictions that he is under, he is filling up in his flesh what is lacking in their lives, the affliction and the suffering he is joyful in because of the value to the church. The affliction and the suffering that each of us walks through is something we need to rejoice in. Now remember, I'm very specific. It's not that you necessarily rejoice for. You rejoice in the middle of it. Affliction and suffering is something that does hurt us, that does frustrate us, that does make us feel badly, but that doesn't mean you can't choose to rejoice in it. In fact, your choice to rejoice, your choice to rejoice is the key for many of you for the blessings of God to move in your life. Your choice to rejoice. Look what, he, look what Paul says in Romans chapter 12. He says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your Spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Verse 12, be joyful 
in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Be patient, joyful in hope, patient in affliction. Affliction doesn't immediately disappear when we begin to respond properly to it the way that the Lord says, in everything give thanks, rejoice always. So sometimes we have to be patient. But this is the teaching of the New Testament. When we walk through affliction, God has something that he wants us to do. He wants us to respond in a certain way. Three statements this morning. They're in your notes. Make the choice to rejoice in your affliction. Make the choice to rejoice in your sufferings. And make the choice to rejoice in your persecutions. You're thinking, whoa, I've got to choose that? Make the choice to rejoice in your afflictions, in your sufferings, and in your persecutions. The choice that you make to rejoice, the choice that you make to be thankful in everything are keys to unlocking what God wants to do in your heart. Here's one of my key thoughts. It's in your notes coming up on the screen. The devil has a plan for you while you're in your afflictions. Let me, let me just let you know what his plan is. The devil has a plan for you while you're in your afflictions. His plan is to keep you grumbling, to keep you frustrated, to keep you complaining, to keep you from rejoicing. This is the devil's plan, and he is going to throw things at you because he throws things at me. I'm not speaking this just from the scripture. I am speaking this from experience. The devil has a plan for you while you're in your afflictions. His plan is to keep you grumbling, grumbling about that coworker, grumbling about that relationship, grumbling about that child, grumbling about that spouse, grumbling about your financial situation, grumbling about your physical situation, grumbling because you want a bigger house or you want a smaller house or you want more contact with grandkids or you want less contact with grandkids. Grumbling. He'll keep you frustrated. If he can keep you complaining, and especially if he can keep you from rejoicing, that's his plan, because rejoicing will release the power of God into your life and your afflictions. Rejoicing, giving thanks in all things, rejoicing always, will release the power of God into your afflictions. I believe that many of us are defeated, and we're not defeated by the circumstances. We're defeated by the way we're responding to the circumstances because the devil has us wrapped up in chains and in bondage because of the way we respond. We respond to our circumstances with grumbling, complaining, murmuring, frustration. And when we do that, it keeps us from doing what God says. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. So you're telling me that I'm walking through this negative situation and I'm supposed to thank God for it? No, you thank God in it. 
I just thank you, God, that you're still my father. I thank you, God, that you're faithful. I thank you, God, that you see me. I thank you, God, that you're going to use this as you promised in Romans 8, 28, where it says that all things work together for good to those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. I thank you that that promise is as true today as it was when it was written. You need to thank him in all things. You need to rejoice always because the devil wants you grumbling. The devil wants you complaining. The devil wants you murmuring. The devil wants you to remain frustrated because then he keeps you bound. And he definitely wants to keep the power of God out of your life. Rejoicing, praise, and thanksgiving in all circumstances are weapons. And just as praise, rejoicing, and thanksgiving has power, so do grumbling and complaining. Let me show you in the New Testament what it says regarding this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 10 and 11, I'm going to read the verse, then I'm going to give you the context. And don't grumble, this is Paul speaking to Christians, and don't grumble as some of them did, and then were destroyed by the angel of death. And these things happened to them as examples for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. Don't grumble as some of them did and then were destroyed by the angel of death. So who were the ones that were grumbling? This is the nation of Israel from the time they left Egypt till the first time that they got to the border of the promised land. It took them about a year and a half, two years to get there. God was training and God was giving the law from the time they left Egypt till the time they got to the borders of the promised land, when the spies went in and looked out the land, they grumbled. Let me just read to you some verses. These won't come up on the screen, but I'm just going to let you know. In Exodus 15, so the people grumbled at Moses saying, what shall we drink? In Exodus 16, the whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness, in Exodus, another verse in Exodus 16, Moses speaking back to the people says, The Lord hears your grumblings, which you grumble against him. In Exodus chapter 17, But the people thirsted there for water, and they grumbled against Moses and said, Why now have you brought us up from Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? In Numbers chapter 14, and the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, would that we have died in the land of Egypt, or would that we have died in this wilderness? Okay, so what was the result of their grumbling? This will be on the screen. Numbers chapter 14, this is God speaking, say to them as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will surely do this to you. Your corpses will fall in the wilderness. Even all your numbered men, according to your complete number from 20 years old and upward, who have grumbled against me. Surely you shall not come into the land of which I swore to settle you, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. That period of time when they grumbled and then they got to the promised land, the spies went in, the spies came back 
two of them with a good report, ten of them with a negative report. When they heard the negative report, that's when they started to grumble and said, oh, we should have just died in Egypt, or we should have just died in the wilderness. Now you want to bring us into the land, and the giants are going to kill us, the people are going to kill us, and they grumbled against Moses and Aaron and God, and God says no more. Any person that was of the age of 20 or older would never enter into the promised land. And for another 38 years, until the last of them died, except for Joshua and Caleb, they wandered aimlessly in the wilderness because of their grumbling and because of their disobedience. Don't think that your grumbling doesn't have power other translations, and your translation may not use the word grumble in these verses. It could say they complained or that they murmured. But the meaning is the same. I want to remind you again that whatever you're walking through, make the choice to rejoice in your afflictions, in your sufferings, in your persecutions. Because just as rejoicing and praise and thanksgiving have power, so do grumbling and complaining. Many years ago, I was a Christian and I was hired by the Willie George organization. That name may be familiar to some of you. He now pastors Church on the Rock in Tulsa, Oklahoma. For me, I was hired for his television production ministry. At that point, he was doing children's programming, did something called the Gospel Bill Show. And I was hired because they were expanding. They were going to be doing some additional uh, programming. And I was hired to come in as a producer and a director, which was my skill set. Uh, the position wasn't open yet, but they knew that I was available, so they hired me, and I did some other things. Well, after about six months, the, new, um, uh, the expansion took place. The new programs were put in place, but I wasn't put into the position that I was promised. I wasn't given that position, and I was supposed to have been given it. No explanation was really given except the other producers and directors there were going to take it, and... This is what began to happen. Now, remember, I had been a believer for a long time. I knew the concepts that I am teaching to you today. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. But I was disappointed. I was hurt. I was frustrated because I was promised one thing and didn't. Get what I was promised. And how did I respond? Basically, it started in my mind. I started to grumble and complain. Well, I don't understand. I was promised this, and I didn't get it. And I would be grumbling. And then I found some other employees there that were also unhappy about some things. And we would get together occasionally, and we would talk about what we were unhappy with and what I was unhappy with and how these things didn't go. And we were promised this, and we're promised that, and things weren't going well, and... and Week after week, month after month, what my mind set, it, set upon and settled on was that which I was unhappy with. And I grumbled, and I complained, and I murmured, and I'd go home and I'd talk to Sherry about it, and I grumbled, and I complained, and I murmured. You may want to write this down. There's power in the grumble. I call it the power of the grumble. 
The whole nation of Israel died in the wilderness. Everybody from 20 years old on up because of grumbling. There's power in grumbling. My grumbling continued until one day I was brought into the supervisor's office. I thought I did a pretty good job of hiding my attitude. Wrong. And I was let go, fired. Now, I've been let go because places have closed down. This is the only time in my life that I was fired, not for performance. My performance was good. I was fired for attitude. I was fired for grumbling. I was fired for complaining. I was fired for not being the man of God that I knew I should have been. It was a Christian organization, but for them, I just had a bad attitude. And as I look back, I could see that God was trying to work some things in my life at that time, but I didn't see his hand on it. Oh, I think I would have if I would have chosen to follow what I'm teaching you today. If I would have chosen to say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to give you thanks. In the middle of the fact that I am not doing what I was promised, in the middle of the fact that I am not getting that promotion that I was hired for, in the middle of it, I thank you because you are a God who still works things out. I thank you that you're working in my life. I rejoice in this set of circumstances because you know what? I still had a job. I still had a paycheck. I still had benefits. Did I think of those things? No, I didn't rejoice for my paycheck. I didn't rejoice for my benefit. I didn't rejoice for my job. I grumbled that I didn't get what I was promised. Yes, I was promised it. And yes, they didn't fulfill what they said they were going to do. But that's for them. This was for me. I needed to make the choice in those circumstances to rejoice in my afflictions, to rejoice in my sufferings. I wasn't really being persecuted. But we need to rejoice in that. Now, it's very interesting that after that position, and I really do believe that I was still probably left that position at the time that I did, except not by being fired. The position that opened up after that, I then worked for the next nine years. But wouldn't it have been better, and this is, I'm, I'm just confessing, so that you understand that I'm not just speaking this out of theory. Wouldn't it have been better to have left that organization and have worked in that organization even though they didn't deliver what they promised with the right attitude? Left it with a, 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 a spirit of rejoicing. Left it with a spirit of thanksgiving. And so when I turned in my resignation, they would have been <laughs> sorry to see me go instead of happy to see me And I believe God would have still put me in the same place. But unfortunately, the power of the grumble cost me that job. Song that we learned here a while ago, uh, Raise a Hallelujah, one of the lines says this, I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm louder and louder. You're going to hear my praises roar. Afflictions feel like storms. They are storms. Difficulties are storms. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm 
Louder and louder, God and those around me are going to hear my praises roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. A statement in your notes by Merlin Carruthers is this. Many little grumbles. Oh, this is a good statement. If you don't have a note sheet, you probably need to take a screenshot of that. Get your cameras out. Many little grumbles add up to overwhelming mountains of depression. What's going on inside your mind and inside your heart right now? Grumbling about the family member who has just let you down. Grumbling about your circumstances. Grumbling about where you work. Grumbling about your teachers in high school. All your teachers are terrible. I know that. All your teachers are terrible because you grumble about them all the time. Grumbling about your teachers. Teachers, grumbling about your students. Grumbling about your administration. Grumbling about things in your life, many little grumbles add up to overwhelming mountains of depression. Now, I know there's clinical depression. I know there are other reasons people are depressed, but I wonder how many people, if they would begin to do what the Bible says, rejoice evermore, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus, how many of us would begin to rise out of depression. It's a quote from Carruthers. Let me give you the larger context of the quote. The results, hear what he's saying here, the results of our reactions are cumulative. With each positive step of faith, it becomes easier to believe. Some of you have experienced that. With each small step of faith you take, it becomes easier to believe for the next thing. In the same way, each time we allow unbelief to deny God's presence and love in a difficult situation, the negative results heap up and it becomes increasingly difficult to muster our will to exercise any faith at all. I hear this statement. The more we grumble, the more we become entangled in the web of defeat. The more we grumble, the more we become entangled. Remember I said it's the enemy who is trying to trap us into our grumbling, into our complaining, into our murmuring. He wants to keep us from rejoicing because the more we grumble the more we become entangled in the web of defeat. And then he says, many little grumbles add up to overwhelming mountains of depression. That's from his book, Power and Praise. Look at what Philippians chapter 2 says, Paul writing again. Do, here it is again, that, that word. Could you put um, Philippians up, please? Do everything without grumbling. Do everything without grumbling. Grumbling. The job you hate, do it without grumbling. The job you love, do it without grumbling. That, that one class that you are going through, that just as a class, you can't understand. Why do they make us take these classes? I'm going into art. Why do I have to take biology? Do everything without grumbling. Study without grumbling. Raise your children without grumbling. Obey your parents without grumbling. Work without grumbling. Shop without grumbling. Live in your neighborhood without grumbling because that's all part of everything. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault and a warped and crooked generation now look what happens. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. As we live and walk amongst others, we will shine because we are walking differently. Do everything without grumbling or 
for arguing. There was a nurse, a Christian nurse, many years ago, and I read about her. I want to tell you her story. This Christian nurse said, I'm quoting her now, it seemed like little things always upset me and caused irritation. Gradually, my life was getting more and more miserable. And I prayed to God to help me, but nothing happened. I started taking pills to get going in the morning and pills to go to sleep at night. And every day began with the agony of having to get out of bed. I couldn't cope with my own housework. And at the hospital, I was breaking under the strain of caring for the patients. Every day was worse than the one before. I couldn't even do little things I had been able to do with ease a few months before. I was sinking into such a depression that I prayed for God to let me die. Living was sheer hell. And then this Christian nurse who was suffering so much was exposed to the teaching about praising God in every circumstance and giving thanks to God in everything. So she said this. When she had heard that, she said, it was like a light of hope had been turned on inside of me, end quote. So she determined to praise God for everything. And she made a long list of things to be thankful for. Now, look at what she did, and I think there's so, so much wisdom in this. Beginning with the circumstances that had caused her so much strain. What are the circumstances that are causing you so much strain? Make a list and make the choice to rejoice. She goes on and says, the results soon began to show up. Here's how she described the changes that began to take place in her life. Quoting again, all I can think of now is what a wonderful change in my life there has been since Jesus came into my heart. I no longer have a horrible fear of failure hanging over me. Things don't irritate and upset me. When something appears to go wrong, I just look up and say, thank you, Lord. And it really puts a song in my heart. Statement again, not on the screen, not in your notes, but hear what I have to say. You are going to remain locked in your affliction, in your frustration, and in your depression if you remain a person who grumbles, complains, and finds all kinds of fault with your circumstances. The devil will hold you captive if you do not make the choice to rejoice. Now, there is a difference between complaining and honest conversation. There is time to have honest conversation with your spouse, with a close friend about your circumstances. That's different than complaining. Complaining is when it's going through your mind over and over again. Complaining is when you're talking to people who are also complaining, and there's no positive good that can become of it. Now, I want to just talk to, I don't know who I'm talking to, maybe all of you, maybe some of you, but some of you work in a place where grumbling and complaining has become an Olympic event. You have people around you that are meddling in complaining. The gold and the silver and the bronze. But you got to be careful because they may lose one of those medals and you may pick it up. Listen, when you are in an environment like that, it takes everything to follow what I am teaching about. It's going to take a lot of hard work on your part to not grumble, to not complain. But it can be done. Another song that we've learned recently. Matter of fact, at the close of service, we're going to sing this part of the song. It says, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. You may be surrounded by complainers. 
You may be surrounded by grumblers. It may look like you're surrounded, but God is also surrounding you. Remind yourself of that and then train yourself to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Might not be the way it was on the screen. It's the way I've had it memorized for a number of years. In that song, Raise a Hallelujah, one of the lines says, I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. Are you in a place where complaining is an Olympic event? Are you in a place where grumbling people are meddling in your organization? They've got the gold, they've got the silver, they've got the bronze, and they're fighting to who's going to get the medal, who's going to be the biggest complainer, who's going to be the biggest grumbler. Raise a hallelujah in the presence of your enemies. Lift up rejoicing, lift up some praise, lift up some thanksgiving, because the Lord wants to release his power in your life. Um, Teacher Joyce Meyer says this about complaining. If you complain, you will remain. But if you will praise, God will raise you to another level. Pastor Stephen Furtick says, Worship can push back darkness. Praise breaks chains. You may feel like you're in this, you're, you're, you're chained in this depression. You're chained in these thought patterns of negativity and grumbling. Praise breaks chains. Does it happen instantly? Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, you can walk in this for years like I have. And even in the past short period of time as I'm preparing this message, one morning, one morning, my mind is in grumbling grumbling about something, and, you know, pastors, you, you, you guys all know that pastors' lives are perfect, right? Uh-huh. So there's always going to be something to grumble about, something in the neighborhood, something in the extended family, something that is just not going right in my own life. I woke up in the morning, and I'm just hurting, you know, something, I, and I, I got into this grumbling. It was just, you know, it's just the natural way to think. Oh, oh this, mm, gosh, well, you know, my mind is running. I just so appreciate the Holy Spirit. It's like, boom. He just said, um, what's going on? What's all this grumbling about? Oh, my goodness. And I heard, I, I heard my thoughts. See, sometimes we don't monitor what we're thinking. And what we're thinking begins to impact what's going on in our life. So I changed. I changed. And in every single thing I was grumbling about, I changed it to I thank the Lord for that. I, I, in that circumstance, I thank the Lord for the goodness he was going to bring about. I thank the Lord for what he was working in my life. I thank the Lord for the individuals, if it was an individual. I thank the Lord for the circumstance, if it was a circumstance. Worship can push back darkness, and praise breaks chains. Folks, make the choice to rejoice in your afflictions. Make the choice to rejoice in your sufferings. Make the choice to rejoice in your persecutions. And you can choose that. Because just as rejoicing, praise, and thanksgiving has power, so do complaining and grumbling. Last fill-ins in your note sheet. Grumbling is an expression of lack of trust in God. If you find yourself grumbling, 
If you find yourself complaining, that is an expression of lack of trust in God. You say, oh, no, no, it's just, it's just, no. Grumbling is an expression. Grumbling is an expression of lack of trust in God. But praise, rejoicing, and thanksgivings are expressions of trust in God. Psalm 119, 68 says, you are good and do only good. You're trusting in his goodness. You're trusting in his ability to work in your life. As the team comes back to the platform to lead us in responding to this message. What difficult circumstances are you walking through right now? Think about it. Physical, emotional, financial, in school, on the job, with a family member, with a child, with a spouse. What difficult circumstances are you walking through? And then this is the next question. Are you rejoicing or complaining? Are you giving thanks or grumbling? What are you doing? Are you rejoicing about those or in those or complaining about them? Are you giving thanks in them or grumbling about them? It will make the difference in what happens in your life. By your heads and let me pray. Lord, you remind us To rejoice in the Lord always. Again, you say to rejoice. You remind us to rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything to give thanks because this is your will for us. Lord, you remind us that nothing we should do with grumbling or complaining. Lord, help us to become a person Help us to become people who respond in the way that you would have us to. So that you may be able to pour on us, in us, and through us all the things that you have for us. In Jesus' name. You've been listening to a message from Columbus First Assembly. We hope that you've been encouraged in your spiritual journey. If you're not part of a local church and would like to attend one of our regular services, our church is located at the corner of 10th and Iowa Street in Columbus, Indiana. Our Sunday morning worship services start at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday evening studies begin at 7 p.m. And while you're online, check out our website at columbusfirstassembly.org for details and information about our church. You will also find other messages and series that you can listen to or download. Thanks for spending some time with us and for taking advantage of this resource from Columbus First Assembly, where we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God.